I'm going to be starting something I hadn't done in a while. I'm going to be starting a series today, uh, and uh, we'll be talking about the same um, issues and subject for the next, uh, I don't know, two or three. I don't know exactly how far is ever how far God leads us in it. And I'm going to be talking about something I think it's um, uh, the most important thing for the child of God. And um, I have taught various lessons about faith, and uh, but I, in an effort for us to grow and to uh, uh, to achieve fully what God would have for us in our life, uh, there's some there's some truths that we have to have na- uh, hammered down and and I want to do that today we're going to we're going to start out in the book of Genesis at the beginning Genesis 1 and 1 as our scripture text to read today hallelujah praise God and I'm going back old school what do you mean you're going back old school? Well, I don't have no iPad. I don't have my iPhone. My Bible's right here. And my legal pad's right here. Hallelujah. I'm going to preach it the way Brother Sammy preached a long time ago. Hallelujah. Less electronics. Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Hallelujah. That's step one. You got to get that down pat or you ain't going nowhere else. But you'll be amazed how many people in this world can't understand that. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Father, we come today, we thank you, and we praise you for the privilege to be in your house. Thank you for your word today. It is a lamp to our feet and a light to our pathway. I'm asking for your anointing upon me, your servant to minister, and I'm also asking for the anointing to rest upon the ears and the heart of the listeners today that we may hear and receive. Thus saith the word of the Lord, in Jesus' name let the church say, Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to be speaking today in the next few Sundays on a a series, a topic called The Essentials of Faith. The Essentials of Faith. And I unashamedly will stand here and declare unto you, God has blessed us with a lot of other things. But without faith, we are nothing. Hallelujah. When the scriptures first open up, they make a clear, simple statement. And that statement is this, God. Hallelujah. God 
was in the beginning before all things. And when you open up to Genesis 1 and 1, there is not any attempt to prove or explain, describe or argue his existence. A lot of people want you to prove something to them today. And I have seen a few ignorant ministers and old Bible teachers say, well, I can take this book and I can prove to anybody there is a God. No, sir, you can't. I'll get to this further later, but this book right here was not written to give nobody no proof about nothing. It don't come by proof. Hallelujah. The Bible said in the beginning, God. He don't attempt to try to prove it, explain it, tell who he is, or describe or even argue about his existence. It simply declares the fact. Hallelujah. The reader must... Look at somebody say, we must. The reader must accept, receive, and believe what is known as a universal first truth. And that universal truth is, in the beginning, God. Hallelujah. There's nothing else. There's no proof there. You can't prove it. The young man who was here last week, and I hope and pray comes back, Brother Kittleson, friend, the Muslim. You cannot take somebody like that and prove to them nothing through the Scripture about God. What you have about God, as Brother Flannery so good preached to us in revival, it did not come through any kind of carnal way. Hallelujah. The relationship that I have with God today did not come through that Bible college that I went to. It did not come through those exams and tests that I had to take and pass. I've got, I've, I don't even hang them on the wall, but I got them. I've got, I've got two doctorate degrees back there in my desk drawer. I don't even hang them up. Amen. Because the relationship about God does not come that way. Now, why not, people say, is there not an attempt in Genesis 1 and 1 to prove or explain or describe. There are two primary reasons the scriptures do not set out to prove God or explain his existence. Two primary reasons why. Now, in the lesson today, as we open up this series, we're going to examine these two truths in this message as we begin this series titled The Essentials of Faith. And the first point that I want to bring to you today is the first reason why the Bible does not attempt 
to prove or explain this to me or you. I want to talk about the unknowable glory of God. I don't care how intelligent you are. You may be a rocket scientist, but you can't figure out God. Hello, somebody. I don't care how long you've been in a Pentecostal church. I don't care how long you've been talking in tongues like a Chinese phone book. You still can't figure out God on your own. It does not come through common way means. The reason why the Bible does not try to explain him, to prove him, or argue about it or describe it, is there are things about God. Listen to me. Bear with me. I'm going to give you something here. God in his divine nature is infinite in wisdom and knowledge. We, on the other hand, are weak and finite. Hallelujah. I am a finite human being. So are you. Now, what that word means is, it means that I've got limitations. When I say God is infinite, that means he's beyond limitations. I know some people try to, I preached a message one time a long ago about putting, letting God out of the box. That was a long time ago. And, but let me tell you, a lot of us try to put limitations on God. But God is an infinite being. He's limitless. But I'm going to tell you something. You and I are not like God. And there's a lot of teaching and preaching going on today to try to make people think we all here just running around since we got the Holy Ghost. All we are just little gods running around here. Let me tell you something, that is heresy. That is not true. The Bible does not teach that. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost and the power of the Holy Ghost that's within me. But God, the Bible said is God works through me. I don't do the work. You don't do the work. Hallelujah. Amen. When Chase stood up here a while ago and gave that, that prophetic word that God woke him up, that came through a gift, amen, through his spirit. Amen. And God, and listen, we are, to, we are to listen to those gifts when God gives them and puts them in people's life just like it's God coming through us. Same way if somebody gives out a message in tongues and somebody somewhere else interpretates that message. That's God. That's God. Hallelujah. Amen. But the Bible does not try to explain God or prove his existence because it's, uh, it's unknowable to me as being there's no way. We, on the other hand, we are finite. We're weak. Thus, with our limited uh, consciousness, we could never begin to comprehend all there is to be known about God. The longer I study this book and the longer that I live for it and I apply it, the less and less I realize I understand about it. Hallelujah. Because my mind... My carnality cannot wrap around the glory of God because of his greatness. 
Now, I'm not going to give you every scripture. I'd keep you here all day. But I'm going to give you three scriptures. The Bible says, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. I want, I want you to know where I'm coming from. Psalms 139 and verse 6. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. We don't need to be running around here with a big head trying to put on a show, trying to make everybody think we know this and we can understand that and do this. We cannot do nothing. Everything has to be spiritually discerned. Job chapter 9, verses 10 and 11. Listen what Job said about him. He does great things past finding out. What? Job said God does thing, great things past finding out. Yes, wonders without number. If he goes by me, I do not see him. If he moves past, I do not perceive him. I wonder why we got so many television evangelists running around trying to make people think, you know, they're, they're God's second brother. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Anything that we receive comes through revelation of the Holy Ghost. I can't figure it out. You can't figure it out. The Bible does not attempt to try to prove because nobody in here could begin to understand everything about God. He does great things past finding out. One more scripture and I'll move on. Romans chapter 11, verses 33 and 36. Oh, the depth of the riches both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways. What? Past finding out. Don't try to decipher this on your own. Don't try to use this book to try to prove to nobody it, it don't come. That's one reason why we miss a lot of times. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Only thing that I can do is minister and allow myself, dedicate myself, sanctify myself to where the anointing can come through me where I can minister the Word of God. But let me tell you something. It takes the Holy Ghost working on your end to connect with what this book is saying. If it wasn't that way, we wouldn't have nobody in this world who, 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 didn't under, who wouldn't understand baptism in Jesus' name. In this book, it's written only one way that anybody was ever baptized. Now, we all, we, we, we see that. We know that now. Why? Because, not because you figured it out, but God gave you a revelation. Back before God showed me the revelation of Jesus' name, I read, some, I read scriptures that I read before, but it never did. 
Hallelujah. I remember the day after I was baptized in Jesus' name. I went, I, I, I sat down at the, at the table in the dinner, dinner, dining room and I began to open up my Bible. Wow. Wow. Where was that before? Where was that before? Amen. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his art judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. I don't, I don't care how we are using the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Let's, let's maintain our humility before God and to realize where our gifts and our callings come from. Hallelujah. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has become his counselor? Oh, well. I've been, I, 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 I can brag if I want to brag. I've been preaching this gospel since I was 14 years old. Well, am I, am I qualified to set, <laughs> set God? If I even tried to do that, you know what happened? He'd say, you thought you was hurting with kidney stones. I got something a lot worse than that. Glory to God. Amen. So, that's, that's, that's one reason why the Bible does not, is, it was not, not written to attempt to try to prove to nobody nothing. And we're just going to fall on our face every time we try to take the Bible and try to prove to an unbeliever that God is God and he's real. Because the natural mind, the fine uh, uh, the finite mind cannot comprehend it. I've got to move on and finish this. The second reason is faith is the only approachable way to God. The only way you can approach God is through faith. Now I'm going to tear down some Pentecostal traditions here. But you ain't going to approach God talking in tongues. You're not going to approach God dancing in the spirit. Come on, somebody. I'm not going to be able to approach God playing my guitar singing. God that way and neither can you. If you want to approach God, the only way you can approach God is through faith. The creator has developed one and only one way for his creation to approach him and that is faith. The Bible has Give me, just, give me just a few more minutes here. This book was not written as a schematic. Now, I probably got some folks around here. I know Brother Travis will know what I'm talking about. 
when I talk about a schematic. Technical people, mechanics, different things, various fields. A schematic can become very important when you're trying to trace something down. But this book was not written as a schematic. Unlike what some people perceive, it wasn't written as a schematic to figure out or prove God. This book is written as a testimony of men who have found him so as to build the faith of those desiring to know him. was written down as testimonies of men and women who have had encounters with God who through their faith, how did Abraham become the man that he was? Through faith. He's known as the father of faith. Hallelujah. He believed God. All back through the history, there's folks who believe God. The Bible says who through faith So you can't take this book and it wasn't written that way. And matter of fact, I remember hearing Brother Flanders say, mention this, I think too, down the line within his preaching. A lot of people, we, we approach so many things so wrong. This book was not written to nobody in the world. This book is God's love letter to the church. His people. He gave this book to his people. And when we approach God through faith, we receive what we need to be able to connect. And then it's up to you and I to relate to the world what is written in that book. The Bible says the natural man perceiveth not the things of God. Check out Corinthians. You'll find that's what it says. The natural man can't do it. Hallelujah. Amen. But this right here is filled with testimonies. Is if you and I read, we can see the lives of hundreds upon hundreds of men and women who found the key, and that key was faith, and they was able to approach. God. Uh, have you read any of that book I gave you uh, um, about uh, 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 Pastor M uh, Muller? Mueller, Mueller, excuse me, is how you pronounce it. Back in the 1800s, he felt like a God. There was the, the streets of the city where, where God sent him was filled with with orphans. There was no programs. And he felt, he seen the need and he felt God calling him. And he built an orphanage. And they had an opportunity to have an income. Service that they had taken in. 
He had pastored the church. <laughs> it uh, it kind of rubbed this fellow raw, and a lot of, it ought to rub a lot of preachers raw. But the first time he he agreed to go pastor church, and the church uh, uh, said that they wanted him to pastor. He told him, he said, the only way that I'll be your pastor if you agree not to give me no salary whatsoever. I want to live by faith. He had him put a box in the back of the church. And that's what he relied on. He raised his family by that. He opened up that orphanage. And they told him one day they came and got him. They had, I don't, I don't remember. I, I, I don't remember numbers as well. But, but figure, let's just say, I, I, I say you got 50 small kids all set at a dinner table. And uh, the, the, the people in there said, what are we going to do? The kids are hungry. Uh, they, need, they need milk. He said, he told them, he said, set them all down at the table. He prayed. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your providence and your supply for milk for our children today. By the time he said amen, there was a knock at the front door. Remember I told you this was back in the 1800s. It was before electricity. The milk, the milkman drove a, a horse-drawn buggy with ice blocks in it. And he knocked on the door, and he said, Reverend, he said, he said, I've got a busted spoke. It broke, the wheel broke real right out, right outside the door here. And uh, he said, he said, I've got, I've got a few gallons of milk. He said, they're going to ruin. He says, could you use them for the school? He brought him, brought him in, drinking milk. If I'm not mistaken, after while they were he was praying, he he prayed, he prayed for food. He got a knock from a grocer. Well, something similar happened. Brought in all that they needed. They 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 survived, and but through faith, that's what God is calling His people more to in this end time. If we're going to survive this end time, we've got to have faith. We've got to believe God. Faith is the only way you can approach God. Hebrews 11 and 6. I'm, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is he exists, Genesis 1-1. No proof, no explanation. But you got to believe that he is. You can't figure it out. That he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Romans 1, 16 and 17. Last scriptures. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greeks. 
For in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, and it is written, the just shall live by faith. Notice that. The righteousness of God is revealed to you from one level of faith to another level of faith. Brother Darrell was teaching this morning, talking about how everybody's on different levels. Amen. And faith cometh one level at a time, from faith to faith. I don't care what it is that God uses you through gifts and talents. It all comes through faith. We approach God through faith. If God speaks to me, and for somebody in a wheelchair sitting over here and tells me to go lay hands on them and get them and pull them out, I guarantee you it takes faith for me to be able to do it. That's what we're talking about, and we're going to be talking about for the next two or three weeks, the essentials of faith, and we're going to be talking about different aspects of faith uh, and all of those, all of those things. Uh, I will close in reminding you something again Brother Flannery t told us in a revival. The story when Jesus was asleep in the boat. And the storm came. Disciples were scared to death. And they went and woke Jesus up. And what was the words he asked them? Where is your faith? And like Brother Flannery said, you can also translate that. Why did you wake me up? Jesus was telling them, you could have handled this situation without waking me up. That's exactly right. Hallelujah. I mean, the other, remember the other, other time? I know people, they, they give Peter a bum rap, brother, brother Paul, but I'm going to tell you something. I realize that, I realize that, that he began to sink. But Peter did walk on water for a few steps. When Jesus says, well, he asked Peter, uh, Peter asked Jesus, he said, Lord, if it's you, bid me come. Jesus said, come. Peter stepped out of the boat, and he began to walk on water. He was doing everything that Jesus was doing, and Peter was a, just an ordinary man. As long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, it wasn't to him. It wasn't until he got his eyes off Jesus and saw the wind and the waves, he began to sink. He did walk for a little bit. Let's stand together.